First round, make it count, toss it out, stir up the crowd. Second round, throw it down, knock them out, time to get loud. It's the Two Beer Podcast time. Bienvenidos, Strasvoita, and welcome back to your favorite weekly podcast, the Pod of the Everyman, the Two Beers Podcast. With your two hosts, the host with the most, I'm Jordan here with Drew. Drew, what's up, man? Who's, you're the host with the most? Is that The what? hosts with the most. Oh. It was plural. Oh, I was like, oh, all right, I guess, okay, there we are. I don't know how, I was going to say, I don't know how I go from being the heart of the podcast to... You're the heart, Drew. I, we, I wanted to name that nah. last episode, I... Drew is the heart, so much. I never want to be associated with any line from from Will ever, ever. Ah, so good, so good. I, until he becomes possessed as the bad guy, and then I just quote the shit out of him all summer next in twenty twenty four. Razor Ramon, the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, in twenty twenty four. He's gonna come back as Razor Ramon. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> just give Pour one out. the Razor's Edge to Vecna. Uh, G- game over. Can you imagine? You, I think that's how you beat Vecna. That's 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 how they're gonna. Unlock. I mean, at the, at this point, that's the only thing Stranger Things hasn't done is this like the random WWE star cameo. Like some somehow The Rock or Cena got to find their way into this this TV show and just like hit one of those like WWE finishers on like a, a Demogorgon or just somebody I something. Think C- Cena was already in there. You just couldn't see him. No. On that note, <laughs> let's assume positions for the two brew salute. Three, two. Oh no. One. Come on, be good to me. Oh shit. Oh, damn these beers. Damn them. Spoiler alert. We pre recorded part of beer two, and I had a similar. I had the same beer, and it also exploded on me yesterday. Get with it, Trogues. Get with it. Come on. How dare you? Trail Day Dry Hopped Pilsner. It's a delicious beer, but this is now the third one of these <laughs> that has exploded on me. I think I'm uh, I think I'm going out there in a couple weeks to the I'm brewery. Even, which I got to say, too, shout out to Porterway. I'm wearing my Porterway podcast t-shirt that, like that, with them with like the cartoon. Um, our, our, our buddy Anthony Branagh, Ant with two Ts, um, gave us a shout out on their, their re- most recent episode. We sent him a couple hats. We buy all their merch. He wanted to reciprocate some of the love, so love those guys. Thank, thank you to them. Awesome, awesome podcast. I love the banter. They're just so honest and and just no BS. L- love, love the banter on on the Porterway podcast. And I mean, Sean and his dad were just such classy people. In very, sport. yeah, very, very, very easy fighter to. Uh... Root for, to root yeah. for. So I and, wish and support uh, financially. <laughs> I always buy. I always buy his merch that he has on. Uh, well, and it's his his website's like Lily. It's like Lily uh, Floco or something for his own merch. So they actually the have high quality of, stuff. Got the like crack of the beer there. I just when he was in, when he was in his prime, I just wasn't that into boxing yet. You hadn't got me into it back into the swing of things, so I couldn't I couldn't contribute to his his entertainment. So I'm just like eh. Let me buy the shirt now because I go back and watch them on YouTube for free now. I'm like, God, this guy's awesome. So, oh yeah, love those guys. If you don't check them out, check them out. It's on YouTube. It's fun. It's funny watching them in person. So I usually watch it on the YouTube channel, but they're on Spotify yeah. and, and Apple too. 
Which is funny because we didn't get the heads up that they were going to shout us out. So I'm on my way into work this morning, like half groggy. And then within the first 90 seconds, I hear, shout out Two Beers podcast. I about, I about swerved off the road. <laughs> I was like, what the? What? I oh, saw man. I saw you call me at like 7.50. I'm like, fuck this guy. I just didn't. I'm like, I'll, I'll call him later. <laughs> uh, that, that checks out. <laughs> um, oh, what a week. Oh yeah, so we had we had some fun boxing over the weekend. Um, we'll highlight two the two main events. Uh, Chisora Pulev will start. It was in the middle of the day, over in the UK. Uh, old old guy versus old guy heavyweight. Um, I gotta say, as it, it kind of started out is is what we all expected, but as the fight settled in, it kind of wasn't as bad as what we expected it, it kind of got good for a little bit like ish maybe I, all i know is i started doing i was like hey you know what i'm not doing anything let me let me just do the live cards and then after the first 40 seconds of the first round i was like i immediately regret this decision well they immediately started like hugging and stuff. just bear hugging it was like, like yeah what you expect in the later rounds like they did that the whole time yeah it was it was rough to start the start the gate I, yeah that's I I, what made it like like aesthetically pleasing the only thing that that made it aesthetically pleasing was all the body shots that Chizora was landing and like Pulev had so many swings and misses as as Chizora was just like ducking and and diving and dipping and dodging that yeah. like it looked like Chizora had a plan and it looked like he was executing it and we were like we did not expect this we just expected the giant right haymaker over and over again but like yeah. Which we did get, but there was actually like body shots, so it was it was kind of interesting. Um, as we kind of noted, uh, CompuBox had Pulev uh, outlanding him in nine of the twelve rounds. I think it was the stat. Yeah, but not. I thought I thought Chizora had the better shots in. Yeah, and I tweeted I, I I tweeted that a bunch. I was like, this fight's really just gonna come down to what these judges like, like. Chizora was pressing the issue. He was attacking the body, getting clean shot. I mean, Pulov's rib cage was bright red, bright red, um, yeah. and he was throwing like so. He was he was he was getting points there, and then especially because Pulov just so was just happy to like let Chizora tie. Shots, yeah, well, yeah, but, but like to let Chizora tie him up. Like he didn't really give much resistance to that, and that's where Chizora was getting easy points by. Landing body shots and Chizor's and you know Pulev just holding him and you know being all about it um, wasn't really getting into a rhythm until the back half of the fight and at that point I thought I think Chizor just banked enough early rounds and you know he he had he had he also had the moments of the fight that we talk about where you know he he's probably lost the round but then he just lands a huge punch and the crowd gets into it and so maybe it was a swing round and the judges are like oh. Chizora landed the best punch. Let's give it to him. So very that's kinda... difficult fight to score. Uh, I don't like. You could have looked at that like those rounds in a number of different ways of what was going on in there. Yeah, I, I I ended up having it as a draw. That was yeah, my yeah. I, I I which I totally agreed with you on. I thought that was a good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I I thought I thought Pulev did enough. I I think I thought he had to have the last few rounds, and I I thought that he got them. Um, and and did, and he did enough, but 
Um, and yeah. now Chizora's saying he wants a piece of uh, Wilder. I uh, he just wants a huge he just wants a huge pay he just wants a huge payday. I, I mean Wilder kill him. He might literally kill him. I don't I don't I don't know if that fight like that fight's not lasting more than a round. <laughs> unless 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 Wilder is just his confidence is completely broke, which I, hopefully it's not. I mean, dude, he yeah. just he just lost to just a better fighter, man. Like, that's it. style. Yeah, like that's it. That's the only that is the only way that fight doesn't end early and um viciously. Yeah, yeah, viciously. Like that that fight would be just like um the oh god that that Brazilian guy he fought on Showtime that was in the first round probably the greatest not knockout I've or, seen live Brazil or whatever his name oh, was yeah, yeah, where yeah. Brazil just literally walked at him and he just boom like just instant timber I, I I just I just remember I turned it on and I was like ah oh, good I just I uh, I got here I got I got here just in time for, for the Bam. bell yeah and it was it and I was like I just remember and at that moment I was like he's gonna kill Tyson Fury. <laughs> I was like, Fury's got no shot in the second fight. Yeah. <laughs> Wild is just gonna knock him out. So yeah, that that would be terrible. The only guy I would say if he wants to get one more payday, try to get a fight with um either Ortiz or uh what's his face? Um uh, Frank Frank Sanchez. Oh, okay. That's it. Because yeah. those are at least those those are guys that are probably that are better fighters, but like Probably won't don't have the ability to a literally jo- kick. Oh, yeah, okay, sure, a jog bay, so, one of those guys, like that. just yeah. somebody who actually might not kill him. <laughs> so <laughs> only uh, only maim him, not yeah. actually kill him. <laughs> yeah, just get your payday, go eat your burgers after, and then and then retire. So yeah. Um, okay, so other than that, they had we saw uh, Magseo Vargas at yep. That was at one twenty six, right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, the, the only, again, we only care about this di- division because of our, our love affair with Navarrete, which, yeah. can, the, can the guy freaking fight? When's he supposed to fight now? Uh, Is it August? Something like that, yeah. It's, just like, it's August. Man, he went from fighting, like, every two weeks Dead. to, like... It's just a. It's just there. This this is like one of the. It's one of the few divisions now where top rank doesn't doesn't have a lot of guys. Yeah, they don't have a stable. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. uh, Anyway, Megsayo. That jumping like Filipino style, where they just like leaps with his feet and his hands at the same time. Like Vargas was just too long. Like he couldn't do anything. Um. And Vargas, I don't. I didn't even think Vargas looked particularly good. Like no, he didn't. It was not an aesthetically pleasing fight. Like one guy was giant and the other, and was not that great. And Magsayo couldn't really do anything to negate the size difference. Yeah, he and, just. I, I thought that. I thought he couldn't. He struggled to get on the inside around the length without getting hit a lot. And they weren't. He wasn't getting hit with punishing shots, but Even points, but but still... punches, but punches add up. Because I thought Masaya, I thought Masayo, I thought he landed the better shots throughout the fight, but just didn't land enough of. He just didn't land mm-hmm. enough of them. Um, and he wasn't willing to take a punch to give one. It was he. He like was hesitating. Yeah, and I and I got and I thought when he was, I think he just got hit too much. So yeah. Uh, did you did you rewatch the whole fight? 
Yeah. Did you? Did you? Well, I don't know if you skipped around. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I did. Did you think in the tenth round that was that the no, the knockdown the, the knockdown they called off? Did you think he called the the ref knock called off two the knockdowns? Knockdown was in, in the, nine, right? The not the actual knockdown was in nine, and then he had two in ten, and the referee called both of them off. I thought the first one was a clean knockdown. The second one he pushed down on Vargas a little ne- bit. Neither of them jumped out at me as a knockdown. I, okay, I'll say that. all right, maybe it was just me. Then. I don't I don't remember specifically, but I, neither of them jumped out at me. That's fair. I mean, because that the, it was it was a split decision, so I think that would have if they would have given him that knockdown, I think that fight becomes a draw. So it was it was interesting. By the way, did I ask you what you were drinking? Or was I too busy? You didn't, but I just went with it because we were just started. I'm sorry. I I, I was, again. I just was covered in my damn <laughs> beer. What are you drinking, by the way? I've got this weird because I have a bunch of them in my in my garage now, and they were trendy last year, and I think it's just because of the font. So it's called it's CIO Brewery. Uh, it's like a spiked iced tea. It's like vodka, one of those like spiked vodka drinks. I gotcha. The low, the the like the CIO is in like the icy font, like you know, like the icy like logo with yeah. like you know, like the ice coming on the bottom of it. Ice, yeah, got it's it. It's like I, it's like it's fine. It's whatever. I think it it was so popular last year that now it's just stocked everywhere and people just buy it like crazy. I literally think it's just because of the font that people are like, oh my god, the font on this can is so cool. Let me, I'm gonna look cool in my selfies on the beach with this thing. Gotcha. So, okay, sorry. Figured I would try. Figured I figured I would try it. Sorry, I skipped you earlier. No, nah, you're all right. You're uh, good. You're good. I was flustered again. I'm sitting here covered in beer for the second second beer in a row. Well, I guess, <coughs> again, spoiler alert: we pre-recorded part of beer two. <laughs> Any hoodles? Um, okay, so yeah, that fight happened. Vargas uh, steals the belt off Magasio. Um So I guess there's some fights to be had at 126. Okay, I don't know. Not really. Not, not really a. Uh, yeah, like the pro- again, not the a problem. Big division for me. Well, we said it. I, I think it's. A, I think it is a good division. The problem is, two of the belts are at the zone. Two of the belts are one of the the one belts at top rank, and the other belts at, at PBC. And I mean Figueroa, right? What's that? Uh, Brandon Figueroa isn't he in that division now too? Yeah, but so he's a PBC guy, so they can set up like a Vargas Figueroa fight easy. But like Navarrete is at top rank, so nobody nobody's going to be jumping down the door door or banging down the door to fight Navarrete as it is because of how good he is. But the fact that he's at you know he's at top rank, it make, is going to make it harder. And the DAZN guys like they wouldn't come over to fight Shakur. They're not going to come over to fight Navarrete. So like the you're just not going to get the unifications in that division because the belts are too spread out. Yeah, and I mean, I think the division itself is thin. Like I said, it's I think it's thin at the top and thin throughout. I don't know. Like I, I'd, I'd like to see Lee, like Lee Wood and Navarrete. Like, give me that that's, fight, baby. That's true, Lee Wood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd love and to get Warrington is there too, but yeah, like... but they're yeah. So they'll fight. You know, maybe maybe they'll fight. Maybe they won't on the zone. But like, I, I'd love to see both of those guys fight maybe, Navarrete. Maybe I'm being too hard on the division, but and we just well, no, you're 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 right. It, it, you can't the, the fights that would make the division special just are never going to happen. So it's like, eh, all right, well, who cares about these other every other fight that you can make is just dumb. So they have the guys, you're just not going to get them in the ring. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well. Anyway, guys that are in the ring this weekend. Um, there's Gosh. one. There's one big main event. King Rye, Ryan Garcia, <laughs> finally fighting <laughs> Javier Fortuna. Uh, after all this time, 
Um, Drew, do you have do you have the time and all that crap? Do I have the time of the fight? Not like, not right now. Like, excuse me, sir. Do you have the time? Like, <laughs> Uh no I I don't I just imagine it's in it's I think it's in California so I just imagine it it's is, a, it's yeah. your normal like ring walks will be around eleven and twelve o'clock. Yeah, um, I'll pull it up on my on my app here, but um, go ahead, you lead us off on that one. You know, it's here. Let me ask you a question: Has he has he gone down in competition? His last two fights. Like, do you do you think do you think either obviously the last guy he fought was trash but do you think Fortuna is better or worse than Luke Campbell? Uh overall worse, but he probably has a higher ceiling at this point than Luke. Than Campbell Luke Campbell did. did. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about that today. I was like, is this is this even a step up fight? But either way, um, so we got Ryan Ryan Garcia step up from to go. Yeah, Ryan Garcia twenty twenty two and zero. Uh, he 22 and 0 with 18 knockouts, 23 years old, 510, 70 inch reach. Uh, he's going in there against Javier Fortuna, who's 37 and three. Uh, he's got and and one. He's got 26 knockouts. He's been knocked out once. Uh, he is 33, so he's 10 years older. Uh, five foot six and a half, so he's given up almost four inches. And he's got a 68 and a half inch reach. So he does have longer arms for that height. Um, his last fight was he had a first round knockout against Rafael Hernandez. His fight before that, he lost to Jojo Diaz. Uh, and again, Garcia beat Luke Campbell, went on like a year and a half hiatus between an injury, uh, a mental health break, uh, won a unanimous decision 12 round fight against Emmanuel to go back in april so listen the good news is he's back in the ring so he's getting his second fight here in 2022 uh he'll probably get a third one in december so at least at least he's getting in the ring you know our our biggest beef with garcia is just that he just talks and talks and talks about he he just runs and he just and he and he and he just he puts down guys that are actually like in the ring fighting like willing to take chances and doing all these things and like he like had the opportunity to do these things and didn't do them. Like he talks for, as though he's already accomplished a lot, and he really has accomplished pretty much nothing. Yeah, like, and I, I, I just—it's so funny because I'm, I'm constantly called a Devin Haney on Haney tw- hater on Twitter. But like, that's my biggest beef with him is that he shits on Devin Haney when like he, he had the chance to fight him and completely bitched out and didn't want anything to do with Devin. So I'm like. Like you can't talk about Devin Haney. Like, do not talk about that man. Like, you had you had the chance to exercise your mandatory clause and fight him, and you you are I'm, I'm just gonna, you were afraid to. I don't care. You were afraid. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Like, there's no other reason for why you wouldn't have gotten in the ring with him. Because if you would have beat him up, that would have put taken you to the next level and made a fight against Tank Davis even more uh, attractive. So whatever. But let's talk about this fight. Um, True. I think I, again. I think this is a perfect opponent for Garcia. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna run and hide like Togo did. He he's a, he's got an aggressive style. Doesn't have great. Footwork. Um, he he tries to he throws he tries to throw a lot of power punches, 
Uh, he throws them wide though. I I don't know. I, he I comes just... in with it. He comes in with his hands down a lot and and tries to use head movement and just like athleticism and like like stutter stepping and like kind of yeah. like faint faints and stuff to as part of his attack. It... Yeah. So I just I don't I I just don't see it. I got I I think. I mean, I'm just gonna—I'll get my prediction. I just—I think it's gonna be an early knockout, third round, maybe, maybe second round. I just—I don't—I—I I just think his style is just bad, bad to be in the ring with like Garcia's, like Garcia, who's really—and we'll we'll crap on Garcia's footwork. Uh, he was, his—if he has a jab, it was a wall in the to-go fight. But I mean, he does have unbelievable hand speed. And he when he catches you at one of those hooks, he's gonna he's gonna hurt you. So, and Jojo Diaz, who isn't the fastest fighter in the world, landed a ton of those on Fortuna when they fought. So I can only imagine Garcia getting a couple in there. <sighs> yeah. Um. Ryan Garcia's head movement sucks. Ryan Garcia's footwork sucks. Ryan Garcia's defense is suspect. <laughs> Ryan Garcia uh, does not go side to side. Ryan Garcia does not change levels. Ryan Garcia does not have a jab. He's not good. Um, but he's just not. Like I like I don't know what to say. Like, show me the lie. Show me the lie. Like, <laughs> I think I think you're. Uh, he, I, I, Go ahead. He, he Go ahead. recently changed trainers back to his original changer, trainer, uh, Jean Jacket Goosen. Um, so from there, let's get into the um, oh the freaking odds here. Ryan Garcia minus eleven hundred, Fortuna plus six hundred. Over under rounds, Drew. Um, five and a half. Seven and a half. Wow. Okay. Um, Garcia by decision plus 250 Garcia by stoppage minus 235 Fortuna by decision plus 1200 Fortuna by stoppage plus 1200 uh, the tie is plus 2500 which is much higher than usual um, what's Garcia to win minus 1100 oh, okay Ste- steep favorite um, so him on bet- the car him on the cards is plus 235 you said plus 250 on the cards minus 235 <clears throat> okay yeah for stoppage yeah okay i i really really think that fortuna can win this <sighs> you're crazy i crazy. think i i think the only problem is that fortuna doesn't really have good defense and He's going to do, like, his hands down and, like, not have sound defense and get clocked, just like you said. That's what my brain tells me. But, like, dude, like, Garcia looked so ordinary versus someone who was actually technically sound his last fight to go. But Fortuna's just not technically sound. So, to your point... I think Fortuna is like tailor made for for Ryan Garcia, yeah. which Tim, like, which and- sucks because Ryan Garcia sucks. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> Jojo, your your boy Jojo's tailor made for him too, and he'll be up next. Be in, put 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 another win up in the uh, in the column. No, nah, Jojo's at least ha- is a little bit better. Deep, he's he's like to go with a little bit of offense. Jojo Diaz, um, so 
Man, I want Ryan to be good. He can be good. He can be... He has the skills to be elite, but, like, he just doesn't <clears throat> show any of them. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, by KO seems right, but I I don't know. I'm I'm saying screw it. Let's I'll I'll go with the upset. I will go with the upset. <laughs> out of okay. out, out of hatred. I'm going I'm going full on Anakin turning into Vader. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm ha- I'm hating on Rye guy. I don't care. That's fine. That's fine. Um it's somewhere it's somewhere in the which middle. is funny because i i am i am rooting for him to knock knock out fortuna and continue his his ascent but i just i just it's so fresh he's he's more frustrating than fun to watch yeah the probably there's some there's some guys where losing a fight could be good for them i feel like him losing a fight it would just go just downhill quickly I, honestly this is what i want i i just want i i hope goosen gets starts establishing more wrinkles in his game like and he shows them here and dominates this and goes on to bigger and better things that's what i want to happen which he seems to think will be tank david there's zero chance that fight happens in the the next six months they'll never they'll never agree on money ever and like even though garcia says he's not gonna let uh golden boy keep the fight from happening because they'll want it to be on the zone. They'll want to. They'll want to do a split with the pay per view. They'll never. I don't think that Garcia's ego, and not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't think his ego will allow him to take the the seventy thirty split that Tank's team is. Yeah, you're right. Is going to offer. They're gonna. That's what Tank's Tank's team's gonna say. In in no way, shape, or form are you box office like we're a box office. You're, it's seventy thirty. That's it. Take that, that. If you want the fight, take it or leave it. That's and I'm not saying that's wrong. Like it's probably fair. Like Tank, Tank sells out everywhere he goes, and it's not just like in his home area where there's a good population. Like wherever any city he goes to, he sells it out, and like the pay per views are strong. Uh, so I can't argue with it. And if that's if like they hold the cards, and Garcia thinks they're like from the way you hear Garcia talk, he thinks they're basically the same the same the same type of draw and i that's just not true and i i don't think garcia is going to do that so i don't think it definitely won't happen next garcia will fight jojo dia next i think that is an absolute lock i wish you could fight i wish you could bet on future fights (laughs) because i I think that's i think that's next and then maybe if he gets two straight like stunning knockouts here then maybe there's some wiggle room on the build-up with a tank fight early next year or i guess next spring um they'll do like a may june fight in vegas or something and uh and they can agree on on numbers but yeah i it, it won't this 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 pipe dream that people have that they're fighting in december no shot no shot yeah you're right um and maybe i'm being too hard on garcia but maybe not so ho- hopefully hopefully he i'm i'm probably not being hard enough and you're being too hard so it's probably somewhere in the middle probably fair um, but he does have elite hand speed. You are right there. Okay, elite. that's that's enough boxing because we we honestly we we have a lot to get to and and we need to get moving. Um, NHL free agency, Drew. I wanted to touch on this. Um, couple a couple random notes first. Uh, Trocheck to the Rangers. F me and the B. Uh, 
Giroux to Ottawa. I don't know if he's from Ottawa or whatever, but like, and he got he got paid like six and a half million per. So good for him. But like Ottawa, um, a lot of weird goalie stuff went on. I like I don't know how Washington and like had a young, projectable, stable core of cheap two goalies, and somehow they ended up with an expensive middle-of-the-road goalie. Like, Kemper doesn't suck. Kemper's good. They just won the title with him. But he's not elite, and he just signed this big contract, so that's kind of that's kind of weird how they ended up. But the biggest thing to talk about in our neck of the woods is what the Penguins have done. They've brought back Chris Letang. Guess for, who's back. For six years. Back again. Rust had already signed. They brought back... Ricard Raquel, six years, five per. And they brought back one Evgeny Gino Borscht Malkin. Did you put in did you put in the bet that I told like I told you to? Yes. Yes. Four Let's years go. four years, six point one million per year. For me it's it's too for Malkin, it's too many years and too much money per year. Um, I just and I've said it before on the podcast. I'll say it again. These people think that keeping the band together is important, and it's an, this emotional thing. And like, you've lost in the first round four straight years, and you won one other round, and then got the doors blown off. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that, but like, clear like did not. Uh, you've you've been bounced five straight years now. Right. Four four straight first rounders. Like, okay, so we're going to change up the coach or what? Because that's not going to happen either. Our, the Penguins' biggest problem was secondary scoring. What have they done to address that? Hint, nothing. They've done nothing to address that. And so, like, having Malkin come in and, like, not play sound defensively and... Oh, I know he was productive for like half a season at a point a point per game, but like he's getting older. He has he's had two knee injuries the past couple years. Like what what are we expecting here? Like I think he has one good season and then is just like uh just not like like injury riddled and a shadow himself in in the three following years. So like what are we like and so that first year where he's good, we're just going to give excuse me give the coach yet another chance like what's going to change what what is going to change from last year where excuse me we had no scoring depth like i i and like look at like were, were people watching the Stanley Cup with like <laughs> Colorado and uh Tampa the last few years and heck even like the Rangers and the Hurricanes like Look at these teams and look at us. Like we're old and slow and we don't we don't change our game plan and we can't we can't score outside of like the top line and the power play. Like what are we going to do? We're going to what well, we're going to lose is what's going to happen. We're going to have a nice regular season, make the playoffs and lose. Um but funny thing I heard which I guess is logical but I didn't realize Drew but Crosby, Malkin and Latang have been teammates for 17 straight years. Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty wild. Yeah, right? It is, that is, like, in professional sports, you just don't see, like, teammates be together that long. It's so odd. Yeah. Hmm. 
but that's that's my rant um like and look I, i'm i'm glad gino's back i love evgeny malkin like one one obviously one of my favorite players ever but i want to win and like crosby i want to like, win damn this it is, this is only going one direction here um sing a harry Styles song drew one direction they're winning the cup next year i hope so i mean the if they fire the coach in midseason they will win the cup i will write that down right now because that's what they need they need like and here's the other thing how many years in a row do we have is like secondary scoring like the issue like the past two or three like maybe uh the current system that they're playing under the coach doesn't promote secondary scoring like we had it when we were in the cups but we had awesome third lines like so i don't know sullivan only does one thing like he he is like i heard on the pittsburgh radio today his dan bilesma disease where they just do the same thing over and over again so that's my rant do you want to add anything they're gonna win the whole fucking thing i hope so they're you know they're gonna be my preseason pick good it's it's them and brooks kepka just pencil them in Uh, just pencil them in it's happening um speaking of which we got the British Open this week at uh, St. Uh, Andrews in Scotland. Um, what do you guess? Who's gonna be there? The us. I wish. Oh. What are you gonna say? Tiger Woods. Oh yeah, that's right. Tiger baby, Tiger baby. You just gave me a tiger gasm. Um, but yeah, St Andrews, uh, the old course. The thing's so damn old, nobody even knows who the designer is. Um, the road, the road hole, number seventeen, number eighteen at St Andrews. You know, picturesque. They got uh, the bridge and all that crap. I mean, it, <laughs> bucket list places to visit on Earth unbelievable i got the castles and the hotels and all that stuff i mean i uh i I saw someone i think yeah i think it was on eight no it was on 18 somebody putted it from 110 yards out i think it was either today or yesterday and like one of the practice rounds and they like nestled it right up there it was it was crazy but the weather this week I, i guess what i'm reading is that you know, typically, the weather's terrible in Scotland, and it's it, they like uh, one of the cliches they have is that Scotland has two seasons: June and winter. Um, <laughs> but the, okay. it's supposed to it's supposed to be like 60s and 70s there, with a little bit of rain and and some gusts of wind on Friday sat or on Thursday Friday, and then Saturday Sunday are supposed to be like pretty nice. So. Also, I saw that um, half of the par fours are under 400 yards, and that the uh, shortest par four in major history, or I think it was major history, like 350 yards is one of the par fours. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch. I think that takes the 
like the advantage away from the big hitters because it's all dry over there. The ball's going to run. And you got all these short par fours. Guys who crush it, for, you know, 350, 400 yards. Well, I think a lot of the players are going to be able to reach or get to within chipping distance of the green, of the par fours to really, you know, try and take advantage of the conditions. So I think guys like DeChambeau, um, Champ, uh, a lot of a lot of the outfits. Matt Fitzpatrick's <coughs> been bombing the ball. Um, how do you the, how do you, how do you think uh, Mr. Gilmore's caddy's going to do? Another second place finish. It's funny you say that. Could you could you ima- could you imagine if he finishes three straight majors in second place? <laughs> that would be, that would Has be that ever happened before? I, I'm sure Jack Nicholas. Forget did it. forget two straight majors. Like, uh, I mean, maybe that's that's even crazy. But I wonder if anyone's ever finished three straight majors in second place. Jack Nicholas had to have. I, I mean, I'm speaking out of my ass. I don't know, but Jack Nicholas finished second in majors like 25 times or something like that, and one and also gotcha. won like 17 of them or eight, whatever the or 19, yeah. whatever the whatever the number is, 18. Yeah, like 15, whatever the number is. Yeah, he he's he like finished in second more times than he finished than he won, and I mean it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But I do have a ton of well, not a ton, but I do have some bets like to to keep it going here. What do you like? Oh boy, what do I like? I like a lot of stuff. Um, so I I got a handful of different things here. Um, starting out with some of the props. Will Zalatoris top twenty? We're like putting it. A, we're putting a five ski. He's plus one sixty. That feels like a lock, right? I mean, he, like you said, he guy keeps point, finishing yeah. second, like top twenty. Yeah, and right. it's really only his putting that's been hurting him. And you got to you got to figure on that on that course that the conditions are bad. It's the rest of the game that you know. If he was struggling, I'd I'd uh, I'd have my doubts. But yeah, I didn't pick him to win this week because, like, I just figured that um, he there was too much going on with his putting stroke to like. And and that was going to be such a key this week, but so I'm picking the win. But top twenty, yeah, I got him there. Uh, Sam Burns top twenty. I've, I've been on him for a major or two here. He's having a good year. Major uh, time to cruise control. Uh, three bucks at plus one eighty. Morikawa top twenty. Um, he seems like a yeah. He's uh, been he's his. His putting's been just insane. Which you figure is going to play, like, be crucial here uh, if the conditions are so pristine. Uh, insane. So plus, one si- plus 160 for a top 20. Um, Matsuyama, top 20. I put a three ski on that at plus 210. <laughs> Ooh, the three ski, all right. Yeah, I just, like... Hey, big spender. Well, I, I spent a total of 84 Spend bucks on, on all the picks. Spend a little time with me. 84 bucks is what the total came out to, Drew. Love it. So, we got a ways to go here. But I think, like... Like, this is a little bit stereo... Look at you with all that FU money these days. Nice. I, I feel like... I went a little bit stereotypical here. But I'm heavy on kind of like the Asian players this week. Just because... They tend to just have slow, controlled swings, and and they're very precise. And I think they're going to get paid off on that this week, just because, like bombing the ball, is. I, I just don't see. Like, well, I mean, you can't. They're they're again. They're, those two guys. They're putting in the, 
um, what did we just have the the U.S. Open, right? Yeah, it, it just insane how how they were making these reads and just sinking putts like where it's just like no way this is gonna go in. It's like wow, that was yeah. just perfect. And, and Matsuyama made that big push on the last day to like get within. Yeah. I don't know if he finished top ten or not, but I thought that was a good pick. Um, JT Poston been on fire here recently. I think he won the John Deere Classic. Um, on fire. <laughs> Top 40 was plus 150, so that was a three-ski on that. Um, Siwoo Kim over Kokrak for the tournament, plus 105. So he, Kokrak's the, actually the favorite here, but again, I'm kind of hovering. Uh, I'm kind of favoring the Asian players this week on me basing it on a stereotype that they all just play like steady, controlled golf, which I think will help this this week. So that's a five-ski on that. Uh, Matsuyama over Kisner in the first round, minus 145. So that's a heavy favorite in these type of formats. Five ski on that. Uh, this one I liked. They gave you three guys, Drew, for the win. Matsuyama, Hovland, and Sung J.M. to win. A five ski on that at plus 1,700. So that would be, be a good hit if one of those guys wins. Mm. Now, getting down to who I have to win. So this this is the big boy bets. Rory's the favorite coming into the week at plus nine hundred. Never happening. I'm taking Rory. I think it's his time. <laughs> Putting a ten ski on that dude. Kay. He's All he's right. he's due. Uh, Did you he, say that last? Did you say that for the for the Masters or for the Open? No, no, no. I wasn't on Rory. I said the opposite. But I just feel like he's been flirting with these Masters. I feel like there's that extra fire to, to beat right, the, the right. live the live players, and it, at the old course, Tigers. This might be Tigers' last major. Wait, can the like, live can the live players play in this one? Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I think I I think he's primed, and if he's okay. if like he's if he's gonna win another one, like I don't like it should be this one. Okay. Um. Rombo, a ten ski plus sixteen hundred sixteen to one. Same type of scenario, not the drought that Rory has, but again, the extra motivation to beat the live players. Um, European player, you know, doing well in Europe. He's going to have the crowd behind him, that kind of thing. Matsuyama, again, like I said, just kind of backing a couple of the Asian players that I, I just love their controlled swings and their controlled games. I think that's going to play well here. Um, because I think the the short distance takes the advantage away from the longer players. Uh, I got ten ski on Matsuyama at plus five thousand, so that's fifty to one. Okay, that'd be a big win. Uh, Sung J M again, same same type of thing. Three ski plus sixty five hundred. Seamus Power for the win. I, I I couldn't get away from this, so I I just threw a two ski on this plus sixty five hundred. He. He beat me up on the last major. I, I had him in a head-to-head, and he beat me. So I, I'm like, eh, I'm just going to do it out of, out of nonsensical reasons. But I, couldn't you picture a guy at freaking uh, St. Andrews winning the, the British Open, a shame, name is Seamus Power? <laughs> yeah. Surprised um, you still haven't said one name yet. I'm getting there. Morikawa okay. for the win, Tenski, plus 3,030 to 1. And that's all the guys I have to win. Oh. But I saved the number one bet for last. Okay. Tiger, to make the cut, 
at minus 165. Okay. Five ski. I, I figure okay. I, I don't want to pick him to win, but it it's might be his last. He'll probably play another major, probably, but if not, I mean, this might be it. So that's that's what we're doing. No, no, uh, no skis on uh, Scotty Scheffler. Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. No, no, Nothing, staying huh? away from All Shefty. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I was waiting. I was he waiting was, for a Shepherd bet. He was third favorite, I, I believe. I think Shoffley is <coughs> favorite. I think Shefty was was third. Okay. Don't all right. All right. All right. All right. Um. When's the start tomorrow? Thursday. It, yeah. Or this morning. Start, if you're this morning, this yeah. Afternoon? It depends when you're listening to this. Yeah, we record Wednesday night, and this comes out early. What time Thursday, Thursday does it start? Oh, I mean, we'll be sleeping when it, I mean it's probably like three or four in the morning. Okay. Yeah, Scheffler's uh, plus fourteen hundred. He's he's third. Okay. All right. Not even a one ski. Nah, nah. Save your ski skis. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, all right. Which leads us to that was great. Yeah. Well, who are you picking, Drew? Uh, I'm gonna pick Scotty Scheffler. All right. I don't know. He uh, I I, I liked just... what he was throwing at me in the in the open. Yeah, he. I mean, you you just slobbed the ski skis the whole time, so I, I get it. <laughs> I I like I like Scheffler and uh, I like I like Rombo. I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna be rooting for Rom like for a lot now because I liked his I liked his speech for, against the Live Golf guys. I just yeah. Well, it, I got you covered on that one. I hope he wins. Yeah, I really I, I I don't know. I just I yeah. I'm just gonna be rooting for him. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Cool. Well, rev your engine up, boys. I think that takes us to everybody's favorite minute in podcasting. In five, four, three, two, one, go off the schneid. Last week was Atlanta, which was base. They basically turned into a super speedway after the repave. Great race, and finally, our pick comes through with a late race pass of Corey LaJoy. Chase Elliott with the win. Thank God. We hit the 10 to 1 net plus 7 on the day for our fourth win of the year and reduce our deficit to minus 19. This week, New Hampshire, it's a one mile lower banking racetrack. Hope for the best, but, you know, on a weekly basis, the competitiveness has been spotty. So this week, our, our picks are Blaney plus 700, who's the favorite, Elliott plus 900, Harvick plus 1400, Christopher, Christopher Bell plus 1800 done boom okay parlay we've now hit four in a row oh you know what that means you know what we're doing today what going back to the triple oh lord oh lord okay well um so we're up to a hundred bucks on this bet (sighs) so i'm nervous i'm gonna jinx myself here knees weak palms are sweaty He's nervous. I've been I've been on fire with baseball, and I still have no idea how to bet baseball outside of just picking the outright winner. But I've been okay. on fire. Okay. I say we get wild. I say, I say Friday we take. Well, hold on. Actually, you go, you do yours first. Let me see the pitching matchups now. Um. You you do you. So I'm looking at a handful of them. One of them I was looking at was. Um, uh, what was it? The Guardians 
on Friday night over the Tigers. The other one I was looking at, well, I think the one you were looking at was the Braves over the Nationals. Yeah, I just don't know when I want to, which day I the want Blue to. The Blue Jays are home versus Kansas City. Oh, yeah. um, and then and then there's boxing. Let's let's take the Braves Saturday night. They got uh, what's his name? Um, they got Max Fried pitching nine and three against uh, Saturday Pal- Palo Espinino, who's zero and two. Yeah, let's take them Saturday four o five game. Let's take the Braves. Okay. Who are you taking? Um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Saturday, because I don't want to get into a situation where it's different days. Well, that's why like, I took Saturday. I figured we. I figured it would have to be up by Saturday. Um. Or wait, were you going to bet tomorrow? Because I I don't. I mind was going to taking... bet Friday. Mm, I don't really like the pitching matchup Friday. I know, and I don't like the pitching matchup on the one I'm looking at on Saturday. But that's okay. Eh, I mean, seventy-five. No, we got. We. I mean, we got. We got to do it. We got to pick something. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to pick... maybe I do though. I mean, Ian Anderson seven and five, and Corbin's four and eleven. So it's not like he's lighting the world on fire. This is what we're gonna do, Drew. What are we gonna do? Sa- okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna hate myself for this, but this is what keeps the just, world. Spinning. Just pick your just pick your day. We'll we'll get it to work. Okay. Well, I. I would rather pick the Guardians on Friday, set seven o'clock at night. Who the fuck is that? The Cleveland Indians. <laughs> That's right. I keep forgetting they changed their stupid name. <laughs> I got, oh wait, wait. Is that what sport are we talking about? That's so good. That's yeah, because so Detroit's pitcher is actually oh Mike Michael Pineda. Yeah, Pineda's. I believe it's Panada. Okay, well, whatever. Kidding, just kidding. Uh, so, who do you got? Uh, Braves over the Nationals on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. All right, F it. Let's just grow some balls. Hold on, Saturday. So, da, da, da. let's just go. Well, I was, I, well, I was gonna make the, I was gonna make the third. Just Garcia over uh, Fortuna. Okay, so I'm just gonna keep it Saturday. Let's just let's just do this now. Okay. Let's. We own four. We doing four. No, no, no. I'm gonna say the Mets over the Cubs. Scherzer's pitching on on sat on Saturday. <clears throat> okay. So even though it's on the road, I'm gonna say Mets over the Cubs, and you got Braves over Nationals. Braves over Nats, and then we got Garcia. Let's say Garcia. Bucks. Yeah, let's go Garcia. Okay, there it is. That Sweet. concludes beer one. Drink whatever you got left. Go ahead and take a sip. Imagine, imagine, imagine if Ryan Garcia costs us the four get the four week with. <laughs> be so amazing. I'm, I'm gonna be so mad if that happens. <laughs> so amazing. I'll be like, oh my god. If that costs us our fifth parlay, I'll be He's, like, what a- wait a second, hold on. It's minus eleven hundred. So do we even really want to take the the risk? Because that doesn't really add much. I I mean I don't think it's much of a risk, but whatever. So you want to do the minus eleven hundred? I mean, whatever. I, well, I don't care. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it offline. Okay. Well, I guess. All right. What, for our what, for what, our loving fans, I 
take it and have some fun with it. We're really starting to crap our pants here on a parlay. We're I don't. I mean, I don't. Books. I mean, how? I just figured. Don't. But but when you if you ha, if you have the isn't the more you add to the parlay regardless of the the. There's I like mean, a multiplier, but it's still that's what I'm minus, saying. Like minus eleven hundred. Yeah, but I mean, if it's going to get us, if it, if it gets us like an extra thirty bucks, I don't think it, it'll be that much. But well, let me. Well, you you do the you you do the math for me. Let me know, and I'll I'll decide offline. Okay, fine. All right. So All right. we pre-recorded beer two. Um, so everyone, get ready for that. You know what? You before we even what? snap beer two. Okay. You know you know you know what happened twenty five years ago today. What happened twenty five years ago? Bash at the Beach, Dennis Rodman makes his pro wrestling debut, teaming with Hulk Hogan to take on Lex Luger and the Giant. How <laughs> it's still I still can't get out how incredible that was that like Rod Rodman's literally blowing off the M- practices for the NBA Finals to <laughs> to hang out on Nitro with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and then that's... he actually and then he actually gets in gets in the wrestling ring crazy yeah. just yeah, crazy it's bizarre <laughs> oh man what a i i bought it i bought I, I was i was such a rodman fanatic i bought that pay-per-view it's so cool i was like wow rodman's rodman's actually he's doing this he just keeps showing up on wcw yeah great I, stuff i don't know what to say <laughs> i don't i don't have anything to add I, I wasn't a wcw guy back then that's fine i just i just still can't get over that Rodman was in the NWL like during the NBA Finals, <laughs> and like and the and, and the Bulls still won. <laughs> Say guys, guys taking chair shots and then showing showing up at the games. Oh, so good. What do you think Michael Jordan said? He was just probably so like ah, this fucking guy. <laughs> probably just so over at that point where he's like, Ugh, man, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's so good. Before so we get into good. beer two, and I don't want to waste time because we're we're up against it a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. But I do want to ask you. Um, nah, let's just save it because we're up against it. Let's just keep going. Um, all right. Like I said, we pre-recorded. Let's get into beer two. All right, in beer two here we have frequent guest of the pod, Casey Shea. Casey, welcome back, sir. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back again. Yes, sir. We got Casey in to talk some Star Wars, particularly some Kenobi. The only so, Star Wars professional there is. Everyone else is a poser. We got him. We got him here on the on the uh, Two Beers podcast. Anybody else can kiss my dark side of the moon. <laughs> Assume positions for the two Bruce. Luke. I guess that's not Star Wars. Oh. That's like that's a Transformer, isn't it? Movie Dark, Dark Side, Side of the Moon. Yeah, that's ah, all right. Wasn't that works. the Wasn't that the name of the um, the Family Guy thing that was making that was ripping off of Dark the... Side? No, that was like Blue Blue something. Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest. Harvest yeah. yeah. Blue Harvest. I don't know. Anyway, assume Smoke positions for, got him. for God. This three, two, one. Oh, come on. Three, oh, no. three, no! Come on, the tab is is too flat. Damn it! Damn it! Okay, one. Ah, ah! There it is. I think that was the most in sync one that that you've ever done. Yeah, not only that, but the beer exploded all over me. Okay, we're doing this live. We're doing it live. We'll do it live. Okay, okay. 
I wonder if anybody's lightsabers ever exploded in their hands before. Oh, Drew. I mean, not for anything less than six ninety nine an hour. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to make of that. But Plus tax. Um, all right, it's the tax um, that gets you. Oh God, Drew, lead us, lead us in, into this discussion. Pick us up from from uh, episode two. Set the stage, and then, and then we'll get into this. Yeah, so the Kenobi miniseries, six episodes. You know, we talked we talked the first two with uh, with Casey a few weeks ago. Basically, ten years after uh, Order sixty six is um, is I hate saying executed, but yeah, <laughs> I mean execute Order sixty six. Yeah, I, I, I hate saying that, but yeah, execute. <laughs> I just yeah, it's, yeah. Why? Execute, I don't know. Executed because it's like I'm, it's like I'm trying to be cute with a play on words, but I'm not. It's just it's just what it was. It's because they yeah. executed the Jedi. But anyway, yeah. um, Kenobi's on Tatooine. And you know, there's still now. There's the um, the Inquisitors are hunting down the Jedi, uh, and so the series really, it really, it really takes the turn in Episode Two when uh, Princess Leia, who's ten years old at the time, is kidnapped by the third sister, who you know has these grand aspirations about becoming the Grand Inquisitor, and finds a, finds a, or thinks that she's the key to catching Kenobi. Um, and then it's just a, you know, just a, a, a race through the galaxy of Obi-Wan getting Leia, losing Leia, finding her again, sending her off, reuniting. Um, and then beers cha- explode all over you. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, <laughs> sneaking, sneaking into highly guarded facilities in just a trench coat with a 10-year-old under it. And, uh, God, we'll nobody, get there. No, no, we'll no, get fat- there. no fatalities. <laughs> Uh, to a couple of epic Vader showdowns, and it's really, you know, it, it really ends up being, um, in my mind, the story that brings peace to Obi Wan Kenobi about really what happened um, to his dear friend Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader, which is the epic conclusion of Episode Six. So that's kind of the premise of where where the series goes. Uh, did I miss anything? Like I said, we'll talk about more detail, but any other high notes there that I missed? No, I'm just realizing that we didn't even say what beers we drank. I was too flustered. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, keep going. Uh, I'm literally nectar. soaked. Trogues, here. Tro- Trogues Nugget Nectar. It's okay. Oh, nice. I, I have a Trogues as well. Uh, I... I've, I've... I'm uh, not going with a, a beer again, but I'm off the whiskey because sadly I'm out. So uh, my lovely wife actually has these things called the Copper Can Moscow Mules. There you go. And uh, yeah, they get the job done. They're pretty good. Nice. Mules. I don't think we, I don't think we've ever had a Moscow Mule in this, uh, we this podcast. Not. We have not. So I did not mean to interrupt the middle of the flow there. No, that's all right. I mean, I think those were really said. I I don't want to. You know, on our Ma- on our Mandalorian recaps, we go in really, really big detail because that's that's really untold story. So I think it deserves more, uh, more recap. Whereas this, you know, we kind of know we kind of know where the story ended and where it picks up. We know between, A and Z. Yeah, we, we know we know. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of filling up little yeah, little gaps between episodes uh, three and and four here. But uh, any other big plot points of the six episodes, just to highlight for anybody. I mean the battles of the of the of 
Vader and yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, okay. That was just yeah. I'm just giving the summary. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, as far as like the A to the A and Z thing go, like I, mean, I kind of look at this, and we talked about this, I think, the last time about how it's got like a similar feel to Rogue One. Yeah, and like you know the ending before you even get into it. It's just the like the journey. So even like there were points in this one where like even in that first battle like with Kenobi and Vader where the whole time even though it looks like you know Kenobi's losing which he clearly was and did Vader whooped that ass uh, big time whooped that ass he really did you know but you like I at least found myself I don't know how you guys did or anybody else but you know I found myself sitting here like getting tense stuff like watching everything happening and then there's that little voice inside my head that's like you know he doesn't die for you know another. Like no. there's like there's a whole like gap in time that's gonna yeah. happen. Oh, well, that, well, yeah. well, not <laughs> even necessarily that, but like it's like it, my tension came from. I'm like, Icarus is flying too close to the sun. Icarus is flying too close <laughs> to the sun. They're gonna mess up the plot. Like they're gonna there's gonna be some kind of continuity error here. But I think they made it through all six without any continuity errors. I think. Yeah. yeah. And. uh it's funny you say that because the topic we talk about after this, Better Call Saul, is the same thing. Like, it's a prequel. We know it's really, that's really, you know, it shows us how well written and how planned out it was that you know the fate of all these characters and yet they still find a way to make it compelling, just compelling television. Yeah. So. Um, we did get Dinesh back for, for an Dinesh episode was, or two. <laughs> fake, fake Jedi Dinesh. I'm, I'm all here for it. Um. <laughs> It was one of like the most underrated. Like I didn't see anybody really talking about him, but every time he was on camera, I was just sitting here he's laughing so hysterically. Yeah. Here's <laughs> here's here's the real question. You guys ready for this? Yes. Oh boy. Does Disney have some type of contract obligation with the healing tank that they have to write into the script some <laughs> ridiculous situation to where our main characters need to go into this tank? <laughs> I don't know. For what other for what other reason did he need to like half half but like fake half burn Obi Wan Kenobi in their first battle? Like what was other than getting Kenobi in that friggin' tank? What was the purpose? There's there's one guy in the writers' room who nobody has caught on to yet, and that's his go to every. He starts out his pitch, so he's in the healing tank. He's got he's got the side. <laughs> then he piece. hears Vader's voice. And his eyes open, and they're like, "Ooh, that's good." How does he get in the healing tank? This guy's like Jaron Jackson Jr. that keeps bet that bets the over over under on his fouls every night. Like this is like this is who this guy is in the writer room that he finds a way to do this with the healing tank. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll kick off I'll kick off here. Uh, things that I really liked about the series, um, I thought. The the final Vader showdown was absolutely incredible. Um, I was a little underwhelmed with the first one. I, I think I I think I'm in the minority on that, but it was a little underwhelming. Um, I, I thought they were gonna pop the load too soon, but then they you know they brought it home with that last fight. Like I did like I did with this beer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, I just, I just softballed you guys for the joke of the pod, but neither one of you guys bit. Um, so we'll, we'll, sorry, we'll work it in later. Um, I'm sitting over here soaked. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still in my own feels. 
can't I can't I can't be focused on what Goof did on prom night right now. Ah, uh, that's fine. although I, I feel I feel like he did just covered in his own. Business. I was going to say his date certainly didn't feel the way you're feeling right now, but no, which, neither here nor there. Which, so, which, which lasted what? longer though, like Jordan's candy? <coughs> Good point. So <laughs> she probably she probably had to get the healing tank after that. Um, oh, we're on a roll now. <laughs> now we're on a roll. Yes. Rebounded well from that. Oh, um, oh you I, got me mid-sip. I almost spit that everywhere. Oh, great. Oh. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Um, we'll talk about The Last Vader. That's the one thing I want to spend a little bit of time on, but we'll get there. But that, that I really liked, um, how they brought that home and kind of tied in some things. Um, I actually I liked I, – I, even though we predicted – we predicted that the third sister was going to be one of the younglings for that opening scene. Even though it was predictable, I still liked the way they did it. I thought it was it was it was good how it was more of a, you know, she, how they kind of played it off that she wasn't serving Vader, she was hunting him down and wanted to take revenge on him and that's kind of what was behind all this stuff, you know, versus this like, you know, they could have easily been lazy and been like it was a Oh, I want Obi Wan Kenobi because he wasn't there to save us, kind of thing. So I, I liked, I liked how they, even though it was predictable, I liked the way they took it as to what her motivation was, um, and even like the whole inquis. I think yeah, the inquis- we were we were talking about this in our last recap. Well, shit, they just killed the Grand Inquisitor, Casey, and you were all over that, saying, "Well, that clearly breaks canon." And they reassured us, the writers, like, we're not breaking canon, relax, and lo and behold, he comes we're, back. We're just redefining how much damage <laughs> a lightsaber can do. Yeah, and so he comes, so he came, so he came, so he came back, and uh, and that was good. They really tied the room together nicely there. Uh, and I like the side, I thought all the side characters were good, too. Like, I, I mean, Dinesh was awesome. Um, the, the woman... I forget her name. That was helping helping the refugees. What was her yeah. name? Anybody remember? No. No. She uh, she she played she uh, played a she played a big character in Game of Thrones for a couple seasons. Uh, but she was really good. I thought I thought her I thought she did a really good job in that role um, as the double agent, and then eventually sacrifices herself um, to save Kenobi and the uh, and the refugees. And uh, I. We joked around about. I joked about how like I, I thought the I thought how Leo, the little Leo, was annoying as hell in the first two episodes. I thought the actress was great, so I didn't want to confuse that because I feel like she got some that, that character got some backlash on on social media along with the third sister. The, I thought she, I thought the actress that played young Leia was amazing and played it the way they needed to. Fantastic. So those are the things I liked. What uh, what about you guys? You go ahead, Casey. So. As far as likes go, um, you know, like I said before, I liked the the fact that they didn't shy away from how dark a time in the galaxy it, it was supposed to be. You know, yeah. like they they gave it like a very very like raw emotional feel to it, and just seeing. Like seeing how like this broken man of of how Kenobi starts out the series, and then how he gradually you know feels that that call to help again, and then he starts to kind of like things start to reawaken in him again, and you know he gets his his powers back, and he's you know and it all culminates in that very final battle with Vader. 
so and you and like, can we just also just I, I know we've said this before but you and mcgregor like how freaking awesome is he he's just that, he's tremendous i mean like he's like he just steals the show every time he's he's on camera like you just I just get sucked into watching him because he's just so he's just so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I feel it, like my favorite line that he delivers. Eh, this is not true, but in in the whole in the whole Star Wars universe is. Wait a minute, we're smarter than this. <laughs> I, just, I, just get, I just get a kick out of that. Wait, isn't wait? Was her name Tala? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so it just came to me. It gave me a second, but. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, it's funny. Like, I, I, to me, that was the. It wasn't even the scripts of the prequels. I feel like the casting was just weak overall in the uh, in the prequels, and that's why maybe they didn't hit home as much. But well, I mean, one they, of the main characters was a CGI goofball. So, well, they. I mean, they knocked. But that I means, geez, they knocked him out of the ballpark for Obi Wan Kenobi. They really did. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta check a casting what ifs one of these days to see who else they had coming in for that role, if anybody. I mean, I'm glad they they went with him, but I mean, between like the writing and I, I I will say this: I have spent I don't know how many years trashing Hayden Christensen for his performance in the prequels, and I think it's two things. The more I've seen it now, I think it's he was too young at the time and not as like developed in his craft, and two, the writing is so weak for the prequels that it just was a bad combination and wasn't going to be a winning situation for him at all and let's be honest like cards on the table like george lucas kind of did a mediocre job at directing those like he just did you know you know who they should have tried to get what year was that that was like that was between like 2000 and 2006 right i thought the first one was like 90 99 maybe yeah 99 they were they were looking at leo for that for for anakin you know who you know who they should have just bet the house on gina davis (laughs) christian bale oh oh but wait he's he's in talks allegedly to be like in a new is he well because he would have been young and he would have been young enough i think at that point in like in 2001 i can't remember when batman begins came out I feel like he would have been young enough to do it and not not be like crazy like it wouldn't have looked like ridiculous like that Obi-Wan was like 15 years older than him. But I digress. But yeah, but I will say so as much as I have given where I've just completely dumped on Hayden for the prequels, I thought he was actually really good in this. And like just I realized, like, they, they obviously they brought James Earl Jones back, so that put my mind at ease, you know, for the voice yeah. when he was actually in the suit. Yeah. But even that little sparring session between Obi-Wan and Anakin yeah. as that, like, fake that fake flashback or whatever, like, that was good. You know, yeah. him, him in the tank, you know, kind of communicating or hearing his voice and that kind of thing with Kenobi. And then that final battle after Kenobi strikes the helmet, like, if you listen closely to it, you can hear, like, they layered, like... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's like him and Vader and like some other voice. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's back and forth and sometimes yeah. layered on top of each other. Yeah, and that was sick. Like that Which had honestly had had some deep general grievous vibes, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, and his and his facial expressions is what has to sell the scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he's only showing half of his face, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really selling it. So the that that whole thing so i will give him credit for that and kind of i won't take back everything i've ever said about the prequels because i just won't that's like a hill i'll die on but (laughs) (laughs) like just looking at things and and like compartmentalizing them like yeah what he what he was 20 years ago to what he is now like i feel like he did both himself and the character justice and it made me happy so you know, then like the other the other cool part, and I know we'll talk about the battle in general, but before I forget about it, so when you see half of his face, so once once like half the the helmet gets kind of broken open anyway by Kenobi, that was like a subtle nod to the animated series, mm-hmm. and oh. because he and or Vader, your girl, yeah, my girl. Like Ahsoka and Vader fight, and she strikes his helmet and breaks like the other half of it open. So she like and that's Humpty and, Dumpty up in there. Yeah, and, and she doesn't. She doesn't know he's Anakin at that point, right? She doesn't. No, yeah. she like she suspects it and is kind of in that like I don't want to believe that it's him. Like it can't be him, kind of thing. And then when she sees his eye in the helmet that's the moment where it all becomes real mm-hmm. and that same thing it happened with Kenobi and you know it was the, 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 the other side of the helmet so basically they each cracked half like half of the helmet but they got the exact same response out of it, it was like they saw their friend you know their mentor their their brother you know the, the all of that kind of like came together and that was the part that like just really like hit home for me and then you know it was just like it was just very well executed i thought hmm. what about um, what about you jl would you would you dig about it so i think my favorite part about it was twofold um one obviously kenobi's story again of being weak like it was painful to watch him so weak i was like come on dude like you're just gonna let that in whatever those first couple ep- maybe it was the first episode he was gonna let that person get assassinated and i'm just like you're stop being a bitch come on get on your horse but then uh you know just to build up his strength to the point where he could take on you know training luke although he trained him for like three days before luke went and blew up the death star but here nor there um <laughs> Um, oh you mean this thing you just found out about three hours ago that you are now judging me on for not believing yeah exactly um so i i thought that was a good kind of arc that they set him on by by the end of the sixth episode but i really really enjoyed the character the story, the arc, and the acting of the third sister. Like, that was really cool. 
Drew, you kind of threw the theory out there right off the bat, and it was we spot all, on. We all threw out the theory. This isn't this isn't a podcast where one person takes credit for always being right. If one of us is right, we're all right. That's beautiful. I think that's the first time we've ever said that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but, but I'll take it. Break, so um, breaking new ground here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Casey does, man. That his awesomeness uh, just flows but, uh, through me like the force. I just love that. The, his just... energy, it binds us, it connects us. Uh-huh. Ah, I was trying oh, to memorize me, that speech. The rock, the tree. But it's too it big. It surrounds us. Only in your mind. Um, yeah, I I thought that that was all fantastic. Um, I, I, I thought her, like the fact that they took like a little Padawan that survived and then she came up through the the dark side and wanted revenge on vader that that was really cool um from there just i wanted to delve into a couple things that i i don't know if i'd say were picking nits or holes or just something i thought that rubbed me the wrong way or this or that but one of them was um how she said well, i'm this is she's trying to use her pursuit of obi-wan to corner vader and to me that seemed like a convoluted way to get to vader like you're already in the inner circle like you don't you know you, you're not you're not like alone in the lunchroom where you could just be like ha ha like i don't know i just <laughs> thought that was I don't know. Is that just me? Like, am I, am I alone on that island? Like, uh, I guess I don't have too much. I guess defer to you, Casey, because I don't have I don't have the context of what's been going on in between all these stories. Like, yeah, like is it is, is this, it natural is for Vader? That she like, is like, Vader is Vader is Vader hanging out like once a month at the company happy hour with like the Inquisitors, or like yeah, is he just exactly. chilling? Is he just chilling in that lava castle basically by himself? I, is, I, yeah, is, is his fortress of solitude? I mean, my my guess with it and i'm not a hundred percent on on this or whatever but my guess is that he's too busy tied up with other things yeah. and isn't isn't necessarily around them all the time even though he's clearly like in command of them like as they yeah. show throughout the whole the whole series here but i think she in order to try and get in like on his good side or in his good graces was like if i can prove that his arch nemesis is still alive and out there that I'll gain good favor with him and then I can kill him as opposed to just like hey Darth I need to talk to you about the <laughs> Death Star plans or something like yeah, I got, have, have, have an issue with uh, with ADP can we, uh, <laughs> can we can we take five you know, yeah, we're, say, we're signing a card for the Grand Inquisitor. Can I bring it to your office? <laughs> Darth, you got, you, got, you, got, you, got, you got five shekels for this uh, for this gift we're getting this guy? I'll come by your office. We're getting so you him, uh, he's, he's looking a little pale. We're all chipping in for some self-tanner. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't see it. Like the double cross or triple cross, whatever you want to call it, which coming. is funny. But isn't that exactly how Bill Burr like, sh- like snookered like his his old enemy was in like the lunchroom of in it was yeah. Mandalor- yeah. Okay, see, Star Wars precedent of, right there. A lot of good men died that day. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so that was that was a thing. Um. That kind of like I was like 
thought was odd. Um, one thing, and I tried to pause it a bunch right before here, and they may have got it in there, I don't know, but like, all the way at the end of episode 7, when Vader's helmet comes off and he has that big scar on his on his head, I thought that they would show like a big gash in his head in this fight and that that was where the big scar came from but like I didn't see a big gash at like when the helmet came up like came, like blew apart when with Obi when Obi-Wan struck it so I I thought that was a little bit of a miss myself that they could have kind of like really like codified that and like canonized that but uh thoughts there I I honestly just thought that that was the nod to it was the the, the, the that's what drew said too when we were talking offline but like i went back and like slowed it down frame by frame and it's maybe in there maybe okay yeah, yeah. i i guess i just looked at it and went like oh that's how he got the scar and never like looked for the visual it was just kind of like a yeah yeah <laughs> you know, like a i guess cause maybe it was further like further up his head than what the the first, like the I guess the the angle they showed I don't know like, I think it may have been because there's like one maybe two still shots where you could kind of see it and I'm because I I zaprudered the shit out of that as we like to say <laughs> and I, uh, I I was really searching for it and I I couldn't really pinpoint it but it was maybe there maybe um what else what else. Like I said, I was just nervous the whole time that they were like flying so close to the sun. And I, I, like I said, I think they pulled it off. Um, uh, it was. I'm. Uh, it, this is this is definitely a, a really minor nitpick, but like they used all this CGI to make Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor look younger in their in their like flashback scene mm-hmm. their flat which was an incredible not only incredible scene of, of them fighting but the way they spliced it in to tell the story was so cool mm-hmm. but like they couldn't use a little bit of like cgi to make you and mcgregor look a little bit closer to alec to guinness <laughs> like, <laughs> That's like fair. in seven years he went from like like rather you, you wouldn't even need cgi you could just like old school makeup that and just start yeah, playing, right like, like that, give, him, yeah. give him some give him some grays like oh oh ben you uh like you like you are not even you wouldn't even you didn't even have to age his face like you could have been smoking a lot of camels out here by yourself you could have just died you could have just given him a gray wig and like started that whole thing yeah that's true fair enough fair point i guess i guess those two sons like really you know yeah that leathery skin when you hit a certain age like just those two sins or or two sons really do a number on you yeah um my oh god sorry Oh no! I was I was gonna say, after and this is this is not a c- complaint. This was just like a, a this is what I would have done. Like after Vader beat uh, Obi Wan the first time, and we talked about it, Drew, you were you're right. It was, in terms of it being underwhelming, like your force powers can't go through flame. Like okay, <laughs> like pretty lame. Yeah. Um, but then, to me, the battle was even, 1-1. One, one. And then they go and 
Obi-Wan wins the final battle to get to get the upper ground again. I was hoping they kept it tied 1-1 and Yoda came in and was like we got like a little Yoda sighting <laughs> since I, since you know we're throwing everybody in there from 4, 5 and 6 except for him but he'll, um, he'll be he'll be in season 2 if there oh, is please one. please. So I I would have thought it was I was that it would have been so sweet if Yoda would have came and like helped unbury uh Obi-Wan or something like that instead of Obi-Wan just you know basically pulling an undertaker and getting well, when, out well wouldn't rubble. vader wouldn't vader still have won that fight technically then if yoda if you if yoda saved him and the, that was the end of the fight uh, perhaps i don't that's know it's a, a fair assessment i think or, or maybe if he shows up before vader actually wins or something i don't know when it's like hanging in the you balance. just you just wanted that little green fucker in there somewhere of, of course of course i <laughs> gotcha do. Okay. I'm, I'm a Yoda, I'm a Yoda apologist. I'm a I'm a prequel apologist, and I just <laughs> don't ask me to change. I'm, I'm getting closer on the prequels with you. I'm getting closer. I'm I'm not, but I'm uh. not going to begrudge anybody. <laughs> like I mean, the 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 thing is, like all of this is, you know, like everything, like everything is subjective, right? So you like what you like, and if yeah. you if you like the prequels, and cool. I'm not going to. I, the thing that I don't understand... You're, it, you're the most fair-minded person about this, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it, but it seems like... Because I see it all the time, like, on social, and, you know, all these people are just like, oh, this is trash and your opinion shit if you don't think that, you know, that these are, like, trash movies. And I'm like, it doesn't affect my life. You know, like... <laughs> I like, like I, the money pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I love, like, I love this franchise. And, it, it, like, it's entertainment to me. You know, it doesn't rule my life even though like i've got you know i don't know how many like these collectible figures around here and whatever else and and all that kind of stuff but like it's just a thing that i like so i'm gonna love parts of it more than others and the stuff that i don't like okay whatever it was a miss for me you know but i know and especially now like in this sort of like golden age of of star wars that we're getting that there's going to be another show around the corner there's going to be another episode of something or you know, here's the other shocking thing. I can go back and watch the stuff that I love as much as I want. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Huh. So, you know, if somebody is going to be, like, all diehard about the prequels, cool. Go for it. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Misa like the prequels. Yeah. I mean, if Jar Jar is your favorite character, that, that that's where my line might break. <laughs> but, like, you know, but in the end of the day, like, I don't I'm still care. I'm still holding out hope that... The, the Jar Jar Binks is the ultimate Sith Lord. Oh, God, will somehow please. come to fruition. That would have been better if, in Episode Nine. That would have brought it all together. I just it's but it, it can still happen at some point that he's a, that he's really a dark Sith Lord. I, that, yeah, if they the pull internet, a Scooby Doo and the Emperor pulls off the mask and he's Jar Jar, I think the internet would break. It would be amazing. Well, he doesn't have to be okay. He doesn't have to be Palpatine, but like he's just a Sith Lord in general. Like working in the shadows. Yeah. Like he, like he, he was physically the person to clone Palpatine or something ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm just the, the internet would break if it ended up that Jar all this time the fan the crazy fan theory was right that Jar Jar Biggs is a Sith Lord, a but Sith like, Lord. But the thing, the thing with that that I was like, there was a part of me that was secretly rooting for that was only because of just like i appreciate a good long con yeah and that would have been like the greatest like, long con no. of all time and, and the guy <laughs> the guy's argument was airtight yeah, wow, it was so good was what, was so the, good. what was the guy's name online does anybody even remember uh, it was on reddit it, i mean we you could 
just Google yeah, it. Just, yeah, it just Google the Jar 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 Binks Sith Lord, and it is, I admittedly, it's over an hour read easily. It it literally made me go back and actually rewatch the it prequels. Did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like through that lens, and it makes so it's much plausible. sense. That, you know. Plausible. It's it's uh. it's not undeniable. <laughs> um, all right, back on track here. My only nitpicks, and like I said, there wasn't many. Uh, I thought that what's her fate? I thought all these people surviving lightsabers through vital organs was ridiculous. Um, Agreed. And that seems to be a thing that, that that that's happened before here. That's not just a an Obi Wan thing. I feel like Correct. I feel like in some of these newer versions of the movies and everything, they're 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 getting really uh, you know fast loose and with loose that. with the uh, yeah. There's a reason why it's an elegant weapon from a more civilized time. Okay, like there's yeah, exactly. like yeah, like when you take one of those bad boys to to a vital organ, like you're done. There's no dull end of a lo- lightsaber. Exactly, there. and especially when Third Sister took two of them. I mean, come on, right? Like, she she's got to she's got to be out. Um, so that wasn't that was a nitpick, and I don't think I don't I think they tied everything together. I tried to find some issue with some type of the canon connecting what happened here to four. I still think Leia's message to Obi Wan in Episode Four mm. plays. I went back and watched it. I don't think him having met her before alters that message because of the way she delivers it. She doesn't like, it's not like she delivers it and says something like, you don't know who I am, but you know, my father, like she just says, you serve my father. Like, you know, she, you know, you serve my father in the clone world. Call me Obi-Wan Kenobi. It plays. It it, it plays. Um, And even the Luke, like the fact that like the only thing I could maybe tweak is that, so Luke, so this random, random Inquisitor attacked Luke's place as like a small child, and Kenobi saves him. All right, he was knocked out, so he doesn't know Kenobi saved But like, he has no recollection of any of this in four, like when he's kind of talking about the Force and all this stuff. That's the only. That's the only thing I could poke a hole at and say, eh, it doesn't really make sense that Luke was involved. Like that they had that last piece of the storyline with Luke, and like Episode Four. But other than that, I think they connected everything together. I enjoyed the Uncle Owen memes. Just like he trained your... What, oh, what, so what good. was it? Just like he trained you. Just like he trained his father. Yeah, yeah. just like you trained his father. Yeah. Yeah, they Classic. were all... Yeah, which all that's fine in the beginning, but just I'm talking about that last, the last thing where they brought it back to Owen's farm and third sisters going after Luke. I was like, ah, they could have probably not done that, and I would have been okay. That's yeah. all. That's the only nitpick I had. Casey? My, my, I mean, for, for a nitpick, the, the, this, and I've told you both of this, and I will, now that we're on, on I guess, on the record, will say it as well, that the most ridiculous moment I've ever seen in a Star Wars anything came in this series. And it was the end of Episode Four, which I was totally on board with the entire episode i'm like hey this like the it they were like finally it's sort of like maybe finding their rhythm because there was like a couple of like dull you know moments or lulls or whatever which is fine like story building all that i get it no no problem but you go the entire episode of four and he's he's like sneaks into the inquisitor base and it's all this suspense and all these things and he's got to avoid the droids and you know, he takes out the two, which I think one of the coolest scenes anyway was that when he took out the two troopers while they were saving Leia, 
We're just like you don't see him. All you see is the saber ignite, and he's just like killing, killing stormtroopers. But oh yeah, the they couldn't have come up with a better way for them to try and escape than to hide under a trench coat. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they couldn't have borrowed one. Of, they couldn't have borrowed one of the stormtroopers' uniforms that they killed. So, right. Something like they're literally walking by like hundreds of troopers and imperials and and two two other inquisitors and nobody is sitting there looking at it going like what's that thing with four legs over there <laughs> like and he's like, not even he's not even jedi he's not even jedi mind tricking them or anything cuz at least no. that at least that could have you could have explained it that like he's like getting his powers back he's jedi mind tricking them right Nothing. so on top of all of that so he's got like he's just hiding her. There's literally nobody else that I saw in there that didn't have or that had more than two legs. So <laughs> everybody in there has two legs from what I could see anyway. <laughs> now there's this like weird thing with four legs, kind of like, Oh, don't look at us. What and I get like the alarms are going off, there's commotion, whatever, that kind of thing. People aren't necessarily paying attention, but two inquisitors just like walk right by him and don't even think <laughs> twice. And then when third sister you know, calls calls Tala the like the traitor, and that there's that that whole little confrontation. Kenobi doesn't break out his lightsaber. Like he just he's just like going like pew pew with the blaster. Pew pew. And I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Like I he just had the saber. He just killed two troopers with it. Why are you not using that to like? maybe give yourself a better chance because uh, obviously she would survive it anyway yeah i don't know it just it, that that scene ruined the episode for me <laughs> and fair, it, like, fair enough like it ended and i was kind of like all right this is this is like it, it took me a bit and i Get told them that, out of my bounty hunter meeting <laughs> best, <laughs> like i told best best star wars scene of all time like I told Jordan this right before we were getting on today, and like I had to think, what what did that, what did this moment sort of like take the throne from? And I think the the other most ridiculous thing that I've that, that I guess like the previous champion, were like in my rankings, was the Ray and Kylo kiss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to go back and rewatch. Yeah, I, I've only I've actually only seen episode nine one time. I've yeah, never gone too. back to a rewatch. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, I mean that. I think I was just still so in shock over the whole Palpatine continually cloning himself and somehow transferring Force powers and becoming the main character of the whole series. That by the time they kissed, I was just like. Well, that doesn't ma- that that's weird too. But he just cloned himself like five hundred times. Yeah, two uh, two two unrelated uh, people kissing isn't going to move the needle for you at that point, right? Yeah. Well, and like the I forgot about it briefly anyway here, but like Palpatine shows up at the very end of of this, like of Kenobi. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. I wanted to ask I wanted to ask about that, but like I that whole. Once like the fight scene started, and you can kind of like see, you know, where it was going, and the, like from I think from like the helmet break on, my mouth was literally open like the rest of the way because it was just yeah. like they are totally sticking the landing with this. Oh yeah, that was and, Harry Strug in '98, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what 
<laughs> whatever year that was, 94. Yeah, it had to be earlier. Yeah, 90, 94 sounds about right. Ish. And so the the point of the Palpatine conversation was that's supposed to basically be why Vader took his attention away from Kenobi the next eight years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. He had to he had to go help Jar Jar get the cloning, uh, <laughs> the cloning <laughs> gear. Um, yeah, the, the cloning goo to to clone some more Palpatines. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm gonna throw throw a monkey wrench. Uh, topic in here before we talk about the last the last scene best vader scene excluding the last fight i'm gonna give you choices and you two pick okay episode uh the end of episode two where uh third sister reveals to obi-wan that he's alive and then you get him on the you get him on the train and he goes anakin and then vader is there in the tank and opens his eyes and starts breathing. That's contestant one. Contestant two, uh, when he shows up in the Inquisitor lair, like with that awesome, like his like fast paced walk through the hallway and then the doors open and he just gets, gets third sister in that like forced chokehold and starts screaming at her and going crazy. Uh, him walking through that village and just murking people and snapping necks. <laughs> or him going into the uh, refugee hold and bringing that ship down uh, with the force. I, I your, was going to say... Those are your four s- choices. I was going to say bringing that ship down, but, man, him walking through and just snapping necks and cashing checks was also a good one. But I'm going to go ripping that ship down. Uh, mine's gonna be mine's gonna be in the minority, but go ahead. I th- I think the 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 more memorable one is him just destroying the ship, like just ripping it, yeah, like, bolt from bolt, like whatever, just gutting the ship. But the one that I think stays with me the most because it just seemed more shocking was him snapping necks. Like it just didn't like I, mean, I don't that that was Vecna level snapping right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. God, yeah. I like I don't remember anybody being that violent that quick with things like using the force like that. Straight murking them. Yeah, I'm a loser for some. I, maybe it's my third sister thing, but I I like I just liked how they edited the sound and the music when he walks through the hallway. And then goes into the room and just puts. I like I like force chokeholds. I don't know why. I dig it. Uh, maybe it's one of my favorite scenes in the original where it's. I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> yeah. And just starts choking him. I, I was that was my favorite Vate. I, I thought it had something to do with your whole kink obsession. Well, that too. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really into choking. That's not that's never been a thing for me. I don't know why. I don't get why people dig that. But that's another story for another podcast. Um, I was or, throwing it out there as a joke, but I'm glad you clarified that for the audience. <laughs> I just want I just want people to know. No. Uh, stay, stay tuned for when we what's what's that Netflix series that you fail, Casey? Oh God! Yeah, wait till, wait till, uh, wait till we review that that thing. You, you seriously should. I swear. Like, sex, bring, sex bring me bedrooms bring, or something. Something or something or, crazy. Yeah. How to make a sex room one. or something? Yeah, it's how to it's how to build a sex room. And swear to God, it's a real show. We've watched the first two episodes, and I wait a I, second. Let's I, clarify. We here. 
I'm gonna pull an Uncle Phil meme. We, we. <laughs> yeah. No, you, no, not you and you and and. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even want to throw your wife under the bus on that one. You, we'll just say you. She. <laughs> I mean, she, I'll be, I'll be watching. She watched like she like I put it on. That was just like I don't know what this is. It's like in the trending category on Netflix. The only way I even found this, and I will say, it is hysterical. Like it is way funnier than I ever anticipated a show of that like to be. <laughs> but so if you do end up watching it and we end up doing like a recap of it, it's like oh, where it's happening. It's, it's like happening. H. It's literally like HGTV after dark with this adorable older English lady that oh designs all the rooms and is just like throwing out like all these crass statements and things <laughs> like it's just it's so good and like and you see like the couples that she's working with and how awkward they are about talking about these things and it's just it's so good it's like it's uh, way better than I thought it was gonna be all right so 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 Vader right like we're uh... <laughs> so good it's all right it's so good so good back to Vader so good that was uh, like just nailed the transition good yeah uh, good 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 segue um from All sex right. dungeons to Darth Vader. So, okay. the last, the, the the last battle. Wow, right? I mean, wow. The only the only thing you could argue about it, aside from Jo, and we'll, we maybe we will go back and to that again. Whether or not the cut on the head came from the lightsaber, the only missed opportunity is when Vader gets Obi Wan pinned down in that ditch. And he's looking over him, not to be some, not to be a smartass and give him a. Well, looks like I got the high ground looks now, like bitch. Looks like I got the high ground now, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that is the only thing that you can really pick apart in that scene that they missed on. Um, but yeah, so I, it was so incredible watching, just watching these two, the two, arguably the two greatest Jedi's of of their time. Um, just fully using force powers that we really have never seen to that extent. Um, you know, it was so great. Uh, Obi Wan going just full death force on on Vader um, with rocks and crazy shit, and then finally, you know, when he when he when he cracks Anakin's helmet or Vader's helmet. And he sees Anakin inside, and just like he just feels remorseful because he he just he's always had this guilt that he did this to him, and then they just bring it together so well where he's just like, "I'm not your failure." Like I like I killed Anakin Sky. Like you can just see he's just a deranged um, person in there. Now. Like it's not Anakin Sky. Anakin died when he became. Va- I just the, the way they they played that out was really good, and it, I don't know if they intended to do this, but it makes Obi Wan. Telling Luke that his father yes. was killed by Darth Vader. Yeah, it they makes, did that on purpose. Yeah. Did that? They did. Okay, I didn't know if that was like they, just well, a. Well, that was the thing, because again, that's where Icarus is flying so close to the sun. But they wanted to keep the canon, and they didn't want any continuity issues. So they, they wrote, they weaved it in beyond perfectly to so that that line still like holds absolutely true. but now it has even more meaning to it now because it's like yes. yeah like i like darth vader killed your father i just i thought that was awesome i thought the again casey you hit it hayden christensen was tremendous again he 
his it had he had to hit these like facial expressions to sell the scene like it wasn't it wasn't the like the voice the inner the interplay of the voice was 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 great but like that's not was going that's not what was going to sell the power of that scene like it was had to be him just being this like deranged tortured tortured soul in there um and just pulling that off and he just knocked knocked out of the ballpark so i'll i it was incredible well even if you hated Every other episode and every other minute of the series, if you didn't get a huge hard on for that, I I don't know what's wrong with you. I'll let you guys talk about it. I mean, that's well said. I don't have anything to add, really. I'll kick it to Casey. Yeah, I mean, I just that whole that whole scene was just I thought it was just perfection from beginning to end. Like there was that, you know it was almost like a rocky thing where <laughs> you know like they could have like they could have interlaid like the the uh like the rocky theme over that <laughs> you know as as kenobi sitting there thinking or whatever and it could have just been like dun, dun, and then like the rocks you know he lifts everything up and goes back and Don't confronts mm-hmm. him, you know it just takes it over love it the the only and i know it would have broken canon but if we're nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking, for the second time, Kenobi's bested Vader and didn't kill him. Yeah, well... Yeah. Well, yeah. Anakin slash Vader, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're stuck... You can't even really... I, I agree, 100% agreed. You, you just, they're stuck there with the flag that yeah. Vader... Led, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you could have killed the guy again? Yeah. Like, you had two chances. Uh... And just walked away from him twice. Lord, yeah. Oh, you know? Lord, yeah. And then in the end, like, you just let him kill you so that you can become a Force ghost and, like, <laughs> do things. So, but, Wh- like, Whisper even in the, Luke's ear just anytime you want. Because, you like, know, you couldn't get a big enough plane where you could be the co-pilot, so, you know, just have yourself get <laughs> killed so then you could just whisper in his ear wherever he goes. Well, I so I will say the entire series, I kept waiting for Liam Neeson or Qui-Gon to, to yeah. show up because he kept saying like oh master like master Qui-Gon where like where are you like that kind of thing because mm-hmm. that that whole end if you go back to the prequels where Yoda tells him like I have an assignment for you or like or a special training or I remember what the exact line was but he basically gives him like an assignment Tra- yeah special training for you I have yeah and that special training is to and he even says, like, you know, I've been talking or whatever, you know, paraphrasing, but like I've been talking with Qui Gon mm-hmm. and that was the that was the nod because Yoda had already gone on this like through the animated series, had gone on this like special side mission himself to learn how to become like one with the force like that and even though your physical being dies you can still come back and still commune like with the living so that was like a nod to his own training and then so this whole thing i just kept waiting for like did it did it take yoda 10 years to figure out how the hell to do it it didn't no (laughs) i mean they they summed that up and maybe like it took it took it took it took luke what all of six months (laughs) to be able to do it (laughs) yeah they they like it was probably like I'm just gonna blow this, but it was probably like four or five episodes I okay. think, in Clone Wars, and I mean it was a it was a very cool like way 
that they kind of did or they went about it but um but yeah like the fact that they called that in or they had a call back to that and then all of a sudden like there's Liam Neeson like as the force ghost and now Obi-Wan's like advanced his training enough to be able to to do that just set up the whole where it's gonna go so that when he does say like if you strike me down like I'll become stronger than you could ever imagine kind of thing <laughs> excuse me um because it's tight <laughs> it was like a little bit of a Moscow mule like uh, <laughs> burp there but you know it just it, it was just another like bow that they put on it yeah um, Liam Neeson's like Obi-Wan I have a very specific set of skills uh, <laughs> um all right, to, to Jordan, I know I'm, I'm stealing. I'm stealing your moderation. Uh, I'm just ready to wrap this up. We're like 25 minutes long. That's fine. We're, we're, we, 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 we went we went quick on sports on sports tonight, so we're gonna be we're 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 gonna be more than fine. Um, shit, what were my two things? I had two things. Damn it. Well, no, I know one of them. Um, season two. Do we want one? Yes or no? Yes. Um. Yes, but I don't know. Like, they can't just have these guys keep fighting and, like, or even crossing paths. Like, so the question is, where do, would they take it? And I think they would have to go the Yoda route. Like, and do we want that? I do, but, like, yeah. I'm a dweeb for Yoda. So, like, where, how does that help? You'd have to. Oh. I'm fine with a season two, but. No, no more Obi Wan and Vader interaction. If I don't you want, think you can. If you want more Vader and Hayden Christensen, then do a Vader series, which would sign me up for that shit ASAP. Yeah, yeah but like you can't. If you do Obi Wan, yeah, to your point, it would have to be his interactions with people. I, yeah, it's On tough. Tatooine, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, going back to the old uh, shark. Uh, well, he know, could leave because this, this, the the final scene is him basically saying that he doesn't need like Luke doesn't need him to look over him. So he's still there, but you know he doesn't have to be there all hours, you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, or however that works in uh in in what do you call it in Two Star Wars, World. yeah, in Star Force Land. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, so. I yeah, I, I, as long as they don't have any more Vader, Obi Wan storyline, I'm fine with the second season. Um, my last thing. So we we had the debate. I don't think it was. I don't think it was the Obi. Maybe it was the Obi Wan. No, it was for Boba Fett when we reviewed Boba Fett. We did our power rankings of the Jedi. <laughs> Oh no! Is at, Obi, at, at the fifty-fifth so minute, you bring this up. Is Obi Wan okay. Kenobi number one on the power the Jedi Knight power rankings? I'm sticking with yes. I think he is, but the way that they did this, where he walked away from potentially, like he could have killed Vader and saved like hundreds of lives and and many years off the war and didn't i think closes the gap a bit closes the gap all right all right See, so, I, I, so luke, I, luke, actually luke unlike me. unlike lebron luke has a chance here to be the goat i actually i it, it actually swayed me to lean more obi-wan because i was just like 
you know, I I didn't. Uh, basically, when when Vader beat him, the in episode whatever that was, the first time I was like, yeah, see, like he's he's just he's not that all that. But then when he came, had the big comeback, down three one, and then was the goat. Yeah, he was like that was like Rocky three. He went he went down in the first in the first fight, and then he came back with the with the vengeance in the rematch. Yeah, he's like you ain't so bad. <laughs> and then uh, he yeah he beats beats. He Vader. just so that, I, I, yeah. that actually made me sway his way some. I guess we'll just, it, but asterisk if Yoda gets his own little mini series, then we'll see what Yoda does because I always contended Yoda, but. Ah, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I uh, in my mind, him letting Vader live again was more like, man, I can I can keep doing this all day and keep whooping your ass to the point <laughs> e- to the point in episode four, he just got tired of whooping Vader's ass. He's like, here, just just kill me so I can I can start messing you up in the afterlife. Like, just let's just let's 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 try something new here. I'm gonna let you <laughs> I'm gonna let you kill me, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up as a ghost now because I'm just tired of kicking your ass as a human. <laughs> Like Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, as we record this, Evgeny Malkin signed, so that's one topic. That, Let's go. Uh, we covered thoroughly here. Let's in go. Oh, I I can't even. Oh, the, the few things make Casey me Casey just came. Jaya, throw oh. throw throw a ten spot on the Penguins tonight to win the cup next year. <laughs> okay. Tonight. Yeah. Oh. All right, let's wrap it up, uh, Drew, and we'll, we'll get into Better Call Saul. Casey, sir, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. All right, Drew. Okay, back from Beer 2. Or, I'm sorry, back back from the Star Wars talk. Casey, thanks. That was awesome, as per usual. Um, and to close out Beer 2 here, Drew, we, we need to talk about a show that is near and dear to both our holy hearts, holy shit! But particularly yours. Better call Saul. It's back for the for the last six episodes. Oh man, what a, a a six six week hiatus here. And man, they just the they end the a season that initially wasn't meant to be two parts, but because of filming restrictions with COVID and. Bob Odenkirk has a heart attack while filming this the scenes from this episode. Oh, wow. uh, they've got to cut. They got to cut it short. Uh, it, it actually couldn't have worked out better for the break in the season. Obviously, none of that is good for anybody. What I just said of why they had to do it, but uh, season six, season six, episode seven ends with Lalo reappearing and showing up at Jimmy and Kim's apartment and shooting Howard Ham- Hamlin in the head and picks right up in s- episode eight with Lalo sitting him down and basically throwing some directions at Jimmy and saying, uh, go, uh, go shoot Gus Fring in the head for me and come back and I'll let your wife live. <laughs> like just right out of the gate. No, for a, for a show that some people didn't give it a chance past the first season because they said it, it was too slow and methodical. Man, they just came out of the gates with these two episodes, these last two. Wild. It was intense. At first when he starts saying, take her, take her, I thought he was like throwing her under the bus. Well, that's, yeah, I, I think a lot of people did. But then like after like a couple seconds, I was like, oh, well, he's just trying to get her out of there. 
so that in case Lalo snaps, like he'll be the one that dies. Yeah, they, and that's what's like just so good about, uh, and that's actually by the way that scene, like that is the exact scene where he had the heart attack with them on the couch. The director was was saying, "All right, Bob, good job. You're really giving it to me, Bob. Yeah, all right, all right, cut, Bob. You don't have to act anymore, Bob, Bob, Bob." <laughs> yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was crazy. I was watching. I was listening to their podcast this morning. Um, when they do, they 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 pre-recorded them, but they talk about it and they brought that up. But yeah, like it's you already know the fate of eighty percent of these characters. But Jesus, like the way the the, the way these actors have just like executed these scenes, I, you're just on edge the whole time. Like it's just so good, and the shooting, like Oda, like Kim. The, the flip that they did of Kim going from giving Lalo the business at the end of season five to the I think you're made of sterner stuff um, lines with Mike to basically her thinking she's invincible to basically being completely broke by Lalo shooting Howard and him pointing the gun at them like she they, they it's it completely completely switch roles where Jimmy then at, on a dime becomes calm cool and collected to get her out of the house like you just saw like Kim Kim thought that she could handle that world and be part of this and but now she re- but then she, in that moment she realizes there's a line to what she could do um and take and Saul's able to handle it's just it's just so good how they they shoot this stuff man and the things that ca- they catch on camera but that was awesome so that that so the whole everyone wondering well, what the hell what what was lalo's plan to show up at jimmy and kim's it's to send them over to gus's place to do his dirty work or so diversion. or yeah. so you think yeah so to create a diversion in reality he's just sending he didn't care who we sent over there he just wanted everyone at the house to be focused on who showed up at the door knowing that they either weren't going to be able to go through with it or they would question them and then send everybody over to Saul's condo, leaving the ultimate prize, the laundromat and the super lab under undermanned and, uh, and understaffed for him to be able to sneak in and try to get video proof to Don Eladio, um, that this thing exists. The, uh, the Kim's, the Kim scene driving to, uh, Gus's house was great. They they basically shot for shot redid Walter White walking up to Gus Fring's house, like the overhead shot a shot of the shadow, like the giant shadow walking up to it. The music they played right right as the door is like opening, and she's got the gun out, and then Mike grabs her. Uh, it, it was all awesome, dude. Like just just great. I'm rambling, but what? Yeah, it's good. You, Take take over a little bit here, because I'm I'm just I'm just no know. no it's better than than what you think. Out of, like, in your head. <laughs> I'm just splurging over the show. It it was so good. Um, they even and they and they just you know they tie everything so together so well that they didn't even have to do like you could have the whole the whole purpose of like Lalo and Ignacio being in these the show is a throwaway line in season two of Breaking Bad when Jesse and Walt we brought it up. You know, on the pod plenty of times. They take Saul to the desert and he thinks it's the cartel and he starts screaming Lalo Lalo like, you know, it wasn't me, it was Ignacio. And just having those guys in the show, you now understand, like, okay, this is why Saul was so afraid of Lalo and he's playing with Nacho. But they even make it a point to then tie in Lalo telling him that Nacho was behind like Nacho betrayed him 
and he says the line like like it was Ignacio, not me. That he then goes back to in Breaking Bad, like they didn't need to do, but even like just those little tie-ins, like just yeah. make it really good. And they make it a point. Um, well, I'll, I'll, when we get to the end of the episode, I'll bring it up. But they tie that stuff in really well. I, I do you think Lalo? So Lalo, he ties up Jimmy and he says, "Once I'm back, you can tell me all about it." Do you think Lalo intended to go back after he went to the super lab to kill Jimmy, or do you think that was just? He just told him he was coming back so that when Gus's guys showed up there, they would wait for him. I did not think that far ahead. Um, on the fly, what do you think? Putting you on the spot. I don't think he was ever going to go back. I don't either. I think eventually maybe he would have... No, I think he would have got his video evidence and just took it to Don Eladio and then get ingratiated himself with, with the cartel. Yeah, I, I, and maybe one day if he got bored and wanted to, uh, you know, just shoot Jimmy in the face, it would have been it would have been later later on in time when he got yeah, bored exactly. down in Mexico. Yeah, I agree. I think it was all to get people away from the la- the lab as long as possible. Um, so he and it works to a T. He goes back after Mike finds out from Kim that he's there. They send they send the uh, the laundry people there. And lo and behold, in Jimmy's green Taurus, he's right outside the lab, does his Superman, hopping over fences, climbing rooftops, deal, and he gets in the Did laundromat. You say Jimmy's in his green Taurus? He's in Jimmy's green Taurus. He's in Jimmy's green. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, he was in Jimmy's car. Uh, Gus, who's just always thinking angles, calls, 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 uh, I always forget the guy who he cuts with the box cutter's name, but, um, is on the phone with Kim and asks why why he sent her, and she says, "Well, he wanted to send my husband, but my husband talked him out of it." And he goes, "Talked Lalo out of it," and he realizes nobody's talking Lalo out of what is what what he wants to do, and so that there has to be another angle. So he takes a couple guys to the super lab, where of course Lalo hopped in the window, climbed into a giant laundry uh, laundry basket on the ceiling and it gets down and shoots like six guys point you know at distance one shot each perfect shot kills them and it's just lalo and gus now and he's got the camera he's basically taunting gus uh making him eat shit uh gus doesn't want to take him down to the lab he shoots him in the chest uh and, and again like i'm you know gus fring isn't going to die and yet I'm still like, oh my god, like how how is it? And and they've even set it up to where the gun's down there, and like I I predicted what was going to happen. I'm like, I know what's going to happen, but still I was, I was like, say, let me let, let me jump in here. Because yeah, go ahead, go ahead. A couple things. Yeah, 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 yeah. One, um, oh, it, when uh, oh, let me start here. I'll give you your flowers because I don't know if you actually got a chance to say it on the podcast, but you had been predicting that wouldn't it be crazy if they kill uh lalo down there and just just bury him in the cement yeah sure enough that's what happens not only that but they throw howard's body in there too and just cement them over linking the two the two halves of saw yeah so um that that happens um i just thought two things one uh with him with the camcorder record basically recording like hey here's all the evi- evidence don eladio 
Um, I don't know if they, in, in modern day times, I don't know if they would have got cell service down there, but like, that's where FaceTime really would have, uh, really would have <laughs> really came in handy. <laughs> that's true. Good call. It wouldn't have had to, you know, hey, Don Audio. Get, get the recording out of there and then get the recording to Don Eladio. Yeah, like, it's too, I think it's, po- I think it's supposed to be like 2003 at this point, 2004. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Um, also, when he climbs in through that like um, shaft with the, the fan, vent. yeah, yeah, totally reminded me of The Rock. Um, but uh, anyway, there was just a couple random thoughts I had watching the episode. But continue. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And so they they go down they go down there. He's he's got him dead to rights, and then I guess Gus. I I don't you know I I think that he. I, I think Fring was basically he took a page out of Nacho's book, knowing that, you know, he basically he basically says you can't kill me, and Lalo's like why, and he goes I I haven't told Eladio what I think of him yet, and so I don't I I felt like that was kind of like Nacho's thing, like how Nacho like you know Nacho got to buy time to then eventually go out the way he wanted to by just rambling on about how much he hated the Salamancas and this and that. So I thought like that's how he decided, like figured out he could buy himself some time, and that Lalo would just eat into it. And plus, Lalo would, you know, oh, good call, yeah. And plus, like Lalo's end, it's like, all right, well, it's more, it's gonna be more evidence for me that I was right that he's openly yeah. admitting, he's openly admitting like what he's gonna do. Uh, the speech he gave, it was in Spanish, so like you gotta read the subtitles, but it was just awesome. Where he's just like, you guys are idiots, you're pigs, <laughs> you're so short. Jacales. He's like, you're so short-sighted and impulsive. Like that's that's you can't even conceive of like what what this what what this could be, and that's why I was able to do this. Um, which is right, and that's what was always Gus's thing. He told them like this is the drug of the future, and uh, then he goes on about the Salamancas. You guys, you guys are vermin. He's like, I loved it where he's like, then he switches to English. He's like, or I, I like the, you talk about sangre. For, I, I love sangre for sangre, like with, sangre from Breaking Bad. He's like, he's like, sangre, oh, you know, sangre for dinero. And he's like, then he switches to English. I kept, I, I kept Hector alive. I love it. He's like, I kept it broken. He'll die last. Um, and he'll know every, everyone die. I buried all of you. Hmm, big talk. You done? No, not yet. And then he kicks, kicks the light, just like he set it up, um, you know, because uh, he works at Gus is just, uh, he's just a genius. And he works out every possible scenario. Um, and, he, you know, in case they ever went down there, he knew where the, where the lights were, what he'd have to do, and how many paces it was to that gun that he planted. And Lalo's shooting in the dark. And Gus, you would have thought he probably would have planted a gun with more than three bullets in it, but... Uh, you know, he he just fires. Well, he sh- fired off a bunch, and I thought I thought. Now, Gus, he only fired off three. Lalo fired off a bunch, okay. and uh, Gus Gus catches him in the chest and the throat. And Lalo, as he goes up in front of him, Lalo. But it's so funny because even after he fires, he can't see, and you can tell he's like he's just terrified. He's like shit, like <laughs> he's like, did I get this? Did I finally There's get that this? Fu- that brief pause, like yeah, okay, he's like, did, did I, I get, get this fucker? Um, and. 
Lalo just like looks up at him, just like laughing, like "You son of a bitch, you got." <laughs> he's like, "You lucky son of a bitch." He's just he's got to be thinking that to himself, yeah, like he's just like smiling and like he's like I had he's like I I had you, ah, and then he just dies, uh, choking on his own blood. He so we lose. In her arms tonight. <sighs> Gotta be something said. It's La- It's hard. It's hard for me to say Lalo is the best villain in Breaking Bad, uh, in the Breaking Bad universe, because I think a lot of people think that. Because Gus Fring, whether you like him or not, like you could say he's still a villain. So I, I still oh, think yeah. Gus. I think I still think Gus Fring takes the cake on that. But Lalo was what a character. Like somebody they may not even have planned to have more than a couple episodes. Like Tony Dalton, like. Tremendous, just tremendous the way he played yeah, that good. guy, man. It was Real so, good. so good. Um, and then, yeah, to your, like you said, it ends up they, you know, Saul and Kim are back in the apartment. Mike, uh, Mike basically gives them the typical Mike rundown about what's going to happen. They're going to plant Howard's car on a beach a few states away. They're going to have cocaine on the seats, make it seem like a suicide. Uh, and that's the story jimmy and kim are gonna have to tell people um and so where they thought they were gonna have just a little bit of reputation damage to howard with their scheme he's now dead and now forever will that people will think that he died uh a weak drug addict who killed himself so we'll see what the aftermath of that is for those two um and yeah and it ends just with down at the super lab walter or sorry uh howard and lalo buried buried in the super lab which which they apparently had to i was listening on the podcast like they had to do a lot they had to do a lot of pleading with the um with amc to green light building that hole <laughs> digging that hole because it's part of like a set so like they had to dig a six feet hole like on the set to get it done it was it was interesting listening to them huh. kind of talk about how that stuff works um okay. And yeah, so now every time I wonder if this is because they've the, the creators have been saying after Better Call Saul you're going to watch Breaking Bad in a totally different way now. So I wonder if this is what they if this is the point they were getting at with that. Um, because every time you watch these guys in the super lab now, <laughs> Lalo, like, eh, Lalo and Howard are down there. Um, but yeah, it was great. So you brought up um, so yeah, so kudos to us last week. We got it. We we nailed it on the head that Lalo was going to die in this episode and be buried under um, under the foundation of the lab. So, yay us! Um, I, I I I I I didn't say it on the pod last week, but um, thought that the, I thought it, it still may happen. The Jesse Walt cameo was going to be the cold open with them cooking in the lab and like the camera either starting like on the spot on the floor ending up there foreshadowing that that was going to be a burial site didn't happen yet still could um i think where we go from here obviously this is the turning point for jimmy for jimmy and kim i think that he's going i i, I think he's going to force her and you may have you may have chimed in with us when we were talking the other day i think he's going to force her to leave him because i think now he sees she is not she's not one she's not she's not made for the lifestyle that he has to have um like he doesn't want to play it straight he he wants to live on the edge and i think he'll see that that's not 
even though she tries and she put on this facade for a season and a half, it's not who she is. And I think he's going to, I think she's going to tell him that she was going to shoot whoever it was that opened that door. And he's going to find a way to force her out. Now, whether that's to your point, maybe he tells her that he sent her not to, not to get her out of the house, but he sent her because he didn't want to do it. And he, he found a he found that he he wanted an out to not have to kill somebody uh i think that maybe he'll get the sandpiper money which is what this was all for everything with with howard and i think instead of giving it to her for the pro bono business i think he's going to use it to buy the vet's black book and i think that's going to be what forces her to leave which is which will be part of his plan and I think okay. that's how, and I think they'll do like a little, like whether that. it's a, they'll either do an entire episode or maybe it's just like a 10 minute montage of him becoming Saul Goodman from him that just, point. Well, he is Saul Goodman, but him like go, go breaking bad even further. They'll and, show, they'll and, show and like the decision that pisses her off so much that yeah, she leaves him. Yeah. They'll do like a 10 minute montage of like his plan just to yeah. protect her. And they'll just do like a 10 minute montage from that point in time through the through to when he meets walter white in breaking bad you know what i mean like they'll cover they'll show some funny stuff that he's doing and trying on all the goofy suits how he ends up in that crazy house that they showed in the uh the cold open for the beginning of this season yeah i i think i think that's where i've kind of turned so as much as i love your your idea that she ends up getting killed in the crossfires of a pro bono client I, I i think that's because now everybody that's not in breaking bad has died i think they will keep her alive uh to be part of like gene tekovich's final send-off and that's where i think that's i think that's where how we get there i like it i like it i'm with you that's that's a good one i'm on fire so far so yeah all right. Well, I think we're at this point over two hours in uh, everything we got going on. So. <laughs> so good, so good. We're just speaking of on. We're just on fire. Sky's on fire. Podcast is sweet. Again, um, everyone, thanks for checking in. If you heard us uh, on the Porterway again, um, thanks again to those guys. Thanks for stopping in. Hope you like our stuff. Uh, you catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Two Beers Podcast. Check us out. Uh, we always got the photoshops, we always got the memes, and, you know, we always got the, the scorecards on the big main events uh, for boxing. Um, but question, other, question, question, question for you, since they just did Emmy nominations here. Um, you have to fill, you have to pick, uh, you, have, you have to pick a leading lady to be in your next, your next movie. Okay. Who are you picking? Millie Bobby Brown? Or Ray Seahorn. Uh, oh. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go with the Millie Bobby Brown dust because oh. she's got the got that dust that gets. gets you all, you all just you just you just throw her you throw her on the movie poster and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna break 200 mil exactly. open weekend at the it, box office. I don't I don't know what the plot of this movie is or what the character is, but you, no, you, you don't have a plot. You're up. just you're just you're just taking a general meeting and you're. I mean, you're, before you gave me a either or, I was gonna say Melissa McBride, but <laughs> no, no, no. I just she'll like I said she'll never unfortunately get get an Emmy nod. Um. But yeah, Ray Seahorn finally, finally after uh, six seasons has gotten her 
her first Emmy nod for Best Supporting Actress for Saul. They're they're gonna give all the awards to that stupid. I mean, I shouldn't say stupid because I haven't seen it. Success Succession will win all these things, like, and it'll be just like, all right, here we go again. Like, cool. So, let's spread the wealth a little bit. Uh, Academy or whatever you call the the Emmys thing. Board, Academy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'd probably go Millie Bobby Brown too because. I, it would just make more money. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sweet. Drew, great week. Can't wait to do it again. Until next time, good talk. See you out there. Big kisses. Sit down. Pull you that first round. You got an open count. Toss it out. Everybody's cold right now. Stir up the crowd. Get you that second round Go on and throw it out Talking about anything that makes you get loud <laughs>